0: Welcome to the UnBusy Your Life Podcast, where each week you will learn the tips, tools, strategies, and mindset of productivity. This isn't time management, this is personal management, because the solution to your scheduling, time, and productivity issues is you, and how you show up in your time. Hi, I'm Neil Williams, life coach and productivity expert, and I am going to help you become the best you in your 24 hours, so you can get all the things done and live the exact life you want. Get ready to unbusy your life. Welcome to the Unbusy Your Life podcast, friends. How are you? What are you up to today? Where are we? I think about this often, especially in my runs, because in my running is where I feel so much deep connection to my purpose and to the universe. And I think about you so much. Like I feel like I know you, even though we may not have even met. And I think about how I can help you and what you're probably struggling with and what your day looks like today and how I can help you create systems, schedules in your life to help you get exactly what it is that you want. One of those things is my new free course. And it's called Take Control of Your Schedule. In it, I teach you three really simple scheduling strategies to start taking control of what you get done and in the amount of time that you get it done in. And I also teach you something that I don't think anyone else is teaching but it's so needed and that is understanding why you don't follow through. So there's so many students, in fact I just onboarded a student into my mastermind this morning who I was asking her about scheduling if she wanted scheduling to be a practice like in her life. And she was like, "No." <laughs> and when I explored a little bit more with her, what we found was that the reason that she didn't want scheduling to be a practice in her life is because she didn't follow through. So there's no reason wasting time creating a schedule if she wasn't going to follow through on it. Like that logic makes sense, right? But the thing that was unquestioned is why you're not following through. And I said, if we solved the not following through problem, would you want scheduling to be a part of your life? And she said, "Yes, because I know I could get so much more done." And I have this amazing project that I'd love to do that I just can't create the time and the space for, but I know if I could do scheduling, I could probably figure that out. So it's really important, I think, for you to understand you. And if you have this idea uh, that you're just someone who doesn't follow through, I want you to understand why. And that once you understand why, it's really easy and makes it way more easy to actually do the following through. So I teach you that in the course and I think even if you're one of my students, you're in my mastermind, I still would love for you to register for the course and to go through that just to see these different pieces. And I think that this is the thing that people don't realize is like we think that we're like <laughs> either good at scheduling or we're not. And I want to tell you that is not the truth. You might have the skill of scheduling because you've practiced it and you've learned how to do it. But if you're not good at it, all it means is that you just haven't built that skill for yourself. You haven't built that practice for yourself. And I want you to consider how freeing and how much flow scheduling as a practice can create in your life. And that is why I created this free course. My goal really is to have like 5,000 people go through this course before the end of the year. So if you know someone who could really benefit from it and it's completely free, you get all three of the scheduling tools. Plus you get my 30 day work less planner. Like I'm giving you all of these tools. I really want to help you be able to start taking control of your time and your schedule. And this is my way of doing that. This is like, in addition to the podcast, one very specific way that I want to be able to do this. And this came to me because I was feeling so connected to you and trying to figure out like in my own mind, what would be the thing that could help you the most? What could I deliver to you? What can I give you that would help you kind of take the ideas on this podcast and put them into practice in maybe the next level way. So if you haven't registered for it, all you need to do is go visit my website, www.neillwilliams.com register for it. You're going to get four different videos over four different days. And Each one is super simple. I think it's like 10 to 15 minutes at most. And you'll see how simple scheduling actually can be. These three things that I teach you are the things that I started with to be able to create my schedule. And here's the other thing that I want to say that I'm going to dive into the material for today. I have used scheduling as the tool, as the practice to literally change my life. Like my life looks 1,000 degrees different. (laughs) That's probably not even. Accurate, right? Because we can have 360 degrees. It looks very, very different, is the point from what it looked like maybe five to eight years ago when I first started just like dabbling in this idea of scheduling and taking control of my schedule. And as I got really good at the habit of it and the practice of it, I have this year taken it to an even deeper level where by digging into my own brain about it. And I have to tell you that there's also this second level to it. Even after you get good at the habit of it, there's this second level of it where you create a schedule where you feel this sense of like flow and ease. And I am at this point now in my scheduling where I'm not even really present to weekends and weekdays like I was before. Like it would be so much chatter in my brain about Sunday night and Monday morning and Oh, it's Tuesday or it's Wednesday or whatever. Like everything kind of flows together. It's like kind of like melted together now in my life in a way that it never has before. And I feel a sense of peace and calm about all of the days. I don't judge the days anymore based on what's on my calendar, what's on my schedule, and I have to tell you, this sense of peace and ease and calm is the thing that is now next level that I'm teaching inside my mastermind. So even if you get really good at the practice of scheduling, there is an art to it that is next level, and the way you get to the art of it is through your brain. So I'm going to teach next month, just as like previews of coming attractions, how to unbox your brain. And to understand your brain a little bit better because it's in the understanding of your brain and accessing all parts of your brain that your schedule literally transforms into one where you feel like there's just this flow through it all. And you're not like necessarily super excited that it's the weekend because the weekend doesn't mean much different than a weekday does. And you're just kind of like in flow and in peace and in calm. And it's this amazing experience that I didn't even know existed that literally I thought was like fairy tale land, but I'm living in it. So I know that it's true. And because I've done this work on myself, I'm now able to teach it to other people and create a tool for them to be able to use it too. So take the free course, because what I want you to know is this is where it all starts. These three little simple things is where it all begins. This is the first step. So, go register for it now, and then you can check out my beautiful new website, which is like amazing. I've gotten great feedback on it, and it's so simple, it's so clear, and you can get access to everything that I offer through that website podcast, the mastermind, the free course, all of it. So, go visit the website, check it out, and register for that free course so you can start taking control of your schedule right now. Okay, so today, This episode is really inspired by a masterclass that I taught for one of my students' memberships. And what the pattern she was noticing in her members was this comparison and despair. So compare and despair, which if you're an entrepreneur, you've heard this term probably 1000 times and you probably have noticed yourself doing it, right? Right. So she wanted me to come on and teach them about why they do it and like how to stop doing it basically. Right. And so the reaction and the feedback from the group was so intense about what I taught them that I thought, okay, I am going to teach this on the podcast too, because I think it's totally worthwhile in making these points because it seemed like it it was a viewpoint that maybe nobody else had considered before. So that's what I'm going to offer to you today. So the very first thing that I want you to think about is what or who do you compare to? Now, when I asked this question in the masterclass, it was primarily the response was they're comparing to other people's businesses and other people's success as business owners. So it was super interesting because there were some students who said they were comparing to businesses that were ahead of them. Like, oh my gosh, this person's so far ahead. I should be that far ahead. And then they were also comparing, interestingly enough, they were comparing to people's businesses behind them as well in the way of like, oh my gosh, that person created this level of business in like a year, and it took me three years to get there. There's something wrong with me kind of idea, right? They also were comparing to, (laughs) this was so funny. One of the students said she was comparing to male-owned businesses. And she said she gets really triggered when a man comes in and like man speaks at her. What she meant was they're like, the person would tell her the way she should be doing things. And that she was doing what she was doing was wrong. And so she's very triggered by that. So I think it's really interesting what we compare to and just like getting an idea, like answer that question for yourself in your own mind. Like When you find yourself in the comparison, doing the comparison, what is it that you're comparing to or who is it that you're comparing to? So most likely other people's businesses, other people's success, maybe the amount of money that they're making versus what you're making. Maybe the time frame that their business went to a certain level versus the time frame your business went to a certain level. Also, what I find a lot in my students is they compare to last year's numbers and they think that they need to be like this year's numbers should be bigger than last year's like that. This is a very common mindset. Like if if not, that I'm not growing. So notice that that is for you, too. So that is my first question to you. Who and what are you comparing to? and then my second question so all of my master classes all my teachings are very interactive <laughs> i don't just sit and talk typically at people i really ask questions and then get their feedback and then i coach through whatever comes up so the next question that i asked was what is it that you're looking for do you think is a super fascinating question right so we don't probably stop and think about this We like do this compare thing and we despair, but what is it that we're looking for when we're doing the comparison? And I'm gonna tell you some of the responses, and I think it's really interesting, but I would love for you to answer this question for yourself. Because I think it's really important to see what it is you're searching for outside of yourself and the reason why you're doing the comparison. And I also wanna make sure that I make the point that as humans, it is built into our brain to compare. Like our brain, especially our left brain, I'm going to teach you more about your brain in next month. Your left brain's role really is to gather data. And part of the way that it does that is to compare. And then it likes to go to the past to make a meaning about that data. It's like how that part of your brain functions. So what originally when My student asked me to help them stop comparing and despairing. What I think she thought I would teach on was how to stop comparing at all. And I'm not sure that that's the real solution. And that is not the solution that I presented within this masterclass, because I think it's our natural human tendency to compare. And I think there are some amazing things that come out of comparison, which is why I hesitate to try and coach someone out of the action of comparison. Because you don't have to despair. There are other options that are available. It's just like, that's our default response is despair through the comparison. So what is the answer to this question? What is it that you're searching for in the comparison? What are you looking to get? What data are you looking for? So when I asked them this question, here's what some of the things that came up which I think are super fascinating and probably will resonate with you because I certainly identified with some of them as well. So someone said to support the idea that I'm not good enough. Like this student was obviously very self-aware, right? And she even knew that she had this idea in her brain, this belief system that she's not good enough. And so when she goes out into the world to compare, what she's finding is the data, only the data that supports The idea that she's not good enough, like her business isn't far enough along. She should be further along. She somehow needs to like catch up or do things differently. Some of the other things that came up were looking for validation. So looking outside and using comparison to validate either that I'm doing it right or that I'm where I'm supposed to be or that everything's okay. And then another thing that came up was looking for external data to support that they're successful enough, right? That I'm doing enough, that my business is like enough. So if you notice like the flavor of things that they're looking for, it's super interesting then to consider why are we looking outside of ourselves for that? So in the case of the student who said to support the belief that I'm not good enough, if she's on to herself, why is she still continuing to find data to support that belief instead of looking for data to support that I'm like brilliant and I'm like a badass businesswoman. It's kind of interesting to consider. Why do we have the need to validate ourselves or tell ourselves, give ourselves permission to tell ourselves that we're successful by looking for something outside of us. So this is where I gave them what I'm going to give you on the show is what I call despair disruptors. (laughs) And it's basically just questions. So instead of taking the comparison and like, Going to despair, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not successful enough, I'm not doing it right, all of those things. What if we just use the comparison as a learning opportunity? And we like disrupt this despair before we even get to that point. So, for example, and I'm gonna give you these four questions, I'm gonna give you a couple of examples. So, one of the despair disruptor questions that I like to use is, okay, Neil. What are you looking for right now? And why are you looking for it? And what I told these students was, when you are feeling like jealous or envious of something else, someone else or someone else's business or someone else's success or the amount of money that they're making or their schedule or whatever it is that you find yourself feeling that way, you want to know that. This is like a backdoor into your own internal desire is the way that I like to look at it. And I think so often we're told that we shouldn't be jealous and we shouldn't be envious that there's like something wrong with this. If we're feeling jealous or envious of another human. And I just don't prescribe to that at all. I feel like we have like, so not listened to ourselves for so long, especially as women that It's very hard for us to even find what it is that we want. And that when we notice ourselves being jealous or envious of something else, someone else has, that is just one way. It's like a signal to us that we want that thing. And I think we should be interested that that is the thing that we want. Right. So I'm going to give you the example of how I figured this out for myself. So, like, Maybe six, seven years ago, a friend and I were having a conversation and I was still doing, like, I was still working way more than I wanted in my corporate job, feeling miserable. And so it may have been longer than seven years, I don't know, somewhere in my history. Quite a few years ago, she was telling me how she only works 30 hours per week. And I immediately was like hit with this twinge of jealousy. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, your life must be amazing. Like it must be nice to be you kind of thing, right? Almost like bordering on judgment. So I think it's okay if you notice judgment too, just exploring that. And that's how I was like, oh, but wait a minute, Neil. What that means is that's something you want too. You actually want to know that about you. And that's how I set off on this path, this entire journey to scaling back my corporate job to 30 hours per week, did that, and then I created this business under 30 hours per week. And I want to tell you that if I would not, if I would have judged myself for having those feelings about that statement that she made, I probably never would be here talking to you right now. The whole reason why I am here right now is because I listened to that jealousy and that envy and I just explored it with myself. I was just, a, just enough onto myself that I knew that that must be something that I wanted. And then I thought, okay, well, how could I go about getting that? So what I want you to see here is this jealousy or envy didn't take away from anyone in the world. In fact, because I was willing to listen to it and not judge myself for it, it actually contributed to the world. And this will be true for you too. So here's what I want to give you permission to do. (laughs) Go to Instagram, which you'll probably never hear me say this again. So just do it now and then don't do it again. Go to Instagram and look at your feed and notice how you feel as you're going through the feed. Where do you feel jealous? Where do you feel envious? Where do you have this idea of like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have that." that. is just pointing out your own internal desire for what it is that you want. And that is okay. You can have permission. I am giving you permission if you feel like you need it to want what you want and let jealousy and envy be the signal to you that you want that. So that's the first thought disruptor, or despair disruptor. What am I looking for and why? And come at it with curiosity not judgment for yourself. The second question I asked is, how can I give this to myself right now? So in the example of like, uh, the validation, someone said that they were looking for external validation. So you might ask yourself, how can I give myself validation right now? If that's really what I'm seeking, I can create this for myself from the inside. I actually don't have to go outside myself for doing it, but it's so interesting for me to know that that is the The reason why I'm comparing is because that's really what I'm searching for. That's the deeper part of it. Now, how can I give this to myself if that's what I'm really looking for? The third question that I gave them as a way to disrupt the despair is, what is this here to teach me? I really think that when we're going outside of ourselves, it's a signal to us that there's a learning opportunity. And so, if you start to get really curious, which this is one of the emotions that I've worked on cultivating over the last three years, a lot is curiosity. Like, literally, I'm curious about me. Why, Neil, why did you say that? Why did you do that? Why are you feeling that way? What's happening right now that you're doing this? And you can use that to learn about yourself. So, if you're feeling like you need to go outside yourself, to confirm that you're successful, why do you think that's here for you? Why is it present for you right now? What is it here for you to teach you? It might be that you want to dive into your definition of success. What does it actually mean to you to be successful? Like, how would you know that? In the instance of the I'm not good enough example, I asked the student who brought this up. I said, "Okay, so how would I know that you're good enough? Like, what is the definition of that? She couldn't answer, which is so common. The response when I ask that question of someone who tells me that they're not good enough. Well, like, well, how would we know? Like, what's our test here? that you're good enough. And so I think it's really interesting. Like this is just one example of what this can teach you is like, I have this idea of not being good enough, but I don't even know what that is. I haven't even defined it for myself. So I wouldn't know if I hit the mark or not. Right. Isn't that really interesting that we had, we hold ourselves to a standard that we like, there's actually not a standard. <laughs> we think we should be doing something, but we don't even really know what it is. It's kind of illogical when you stop and you break it down and you think about it. So considering like, what is this here to teach me is such a great thing because it's just teaching you about you. Always it's gonna teach you something about you. What is the thing that it's here to teach you? And then the last question that I asked is, how can I use this for me? So how can I use this thing that I'm comparing to for me? So some of the students had great answers to this question. It was like, oh, this thing is working for this other person in this business that might be fun for me to try. Or like this person used this. I wonder if that would work for my business, right? So maybe on how to improve things, maybe how to do things differently, maybe a different way of looking at things. But if I'm going to go through the act of comparison, how can I use what I get from that? Whatever data I get from that for me, instead of against me, which is what despair does we like use things against ourselves when we despair. So how can I use it for me? So I want you to consider how comparison doesn't have to be this horrible awful thing. You don't have to stop comparing. In fact, it might be pretty challenging to stop the behavior of comparing since that's how you are built as a human. <laughs> and it might not be the best use of your brain power. But if you find yourself doing it, Maybe disrupting the despair, if that's the the rabbit hole that you've gone down by using one of these four questions, just to learn, to learn about you, to learn about what's going on for you, to learn about how you might give this thing to yourself instead of needing to go outside yourself to give you the thing that you're searching for, what you can learn about you. So I hope this helps. I hope it helps you maybe stop the despair part and not feel like you need to stop comparing because maybe comparing is okay. And in some cases, I think it's really important because if we compare, it gives us data. And in some some cases, like many cases, like the example that I gave you about the 30 hour work week, it gave me data about what I wanted that I maybe wasn't able to see in any other way. And so it could be giving you data too about what you want, And you want to know what you want. So let that just be. Have a gorgeous week. I will see you next week.